Welcome back to Freedom Fridays. And in this segment of Freedom Fridays, we're going to discuss what is biblical evangelism. So if we look in the Bible, what is the form of evangelism? How should evangelism be done? Done? How should uh, we share our faith in Jesus Christ with others? Because uh, obviously that's important, and maybe we need to take a whole look at why that's important. But uh, I would hope that uh, as you're listening or watching that you believe that that's important, that other people need Christ and uh, they, need, they need him in order to uh, avoid hell first and foremost, but they also need him in their life on a daily basis to live more abundantly, as Jesus said he was called to do, uh, so that we can live more abundantly. So we're going to take a look at what is the biblical model for evangelism or sharing your faith. Um, and maybe that's a better way to look at it is sharing your faith versus evangelism. Uh, the word evangelize or evangelism just comes from a transliteration of a Greek word. Transliteration is when you take the Greek letters and just flip them into English letters and then just make it a new word. Um, Baptism is a is a good example of that. So they take the the Greek letter beta and make it a B, and they they take the alpha and make it an A, and and on down the road, and that then becomes an English word because we didn't have anything in a word in English to describe that, um, or or so they thought. Now with evangelism, it's simply sharing your faith. It is not our responsibility to convince someone that they need Christ. It is our responsibility to share how they need Christ and how we found him. And um, somebody has put it uh, well put that it's kind of like a beggar telling the other beggars where to find the bread. And so... That, that's a really good um, illustration of what evangelism is really all, all about and sharing our faith is really all about. In another segment, we're going to talk about how do we effectively share our faith? Um, how can, you know, what are, what are some tips and tricks and methods that we can use to make it a little bit easier, to make us a little bit more comfortable, um, feeling more prepared and such? Uh, but today we're going to talk about what is the model for that? How do we go about that? There are so many different evangelistic models out there today and um, over the years. What is the biblical method for sharing your faith? Well, as we take a look at that, uh, let's go ahead and grab your Bibles because we're going to be moving around a bit today. If we go to Matthew chapter 4. We find at this point, Jesus is just beginning his ministry on the earth. And um, as he's beginning that, in Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. 
Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so we have the calling of the first disciples here. We're going to take a look at the Mark passage and the Luke passage of this exact same event here in just a moment. But we see Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. He sees Andrew and Peter, and then he sees James and John. And incidentally, three of the four of these become his closest disciples, his closest friends, the inner circle. You hear quite often Peter, James, and John, Peter, James, and John, Peter, James, and John. Um, and that is three of these four. James and John were brothers, and Peter and Andrew were brothers. And so he sees these two groups of brothers, and he says to them, follow me. And what, in essence, is following Jesus? Well, there's the basic part of, you know, get up, get out of the boat, and, you know, walk behind me where I'm going. But that's not really what he's getting at. He even defines it a little better for Peter and Andrew, and he says, I'm going to make you fishers of men. You guys are fishers of fish. I'm going to make you fishers of men. So I'm going to teach you to do what I'm doing. That's the motivation behind sharing our faith, teaching someone else what we have found so that they can in turn teach others. And he called them and it, it, they became his disciples. And a disciple is just a fancy name for a mentor and, uh, or a mentee. He, he was their mentor, they were his mentees, and um, that's really what it is, a fancy name for, he, he taught them so that they could teach others. And a disciple is the, is the learner, and then you find quite often throughout Scripture they're calling Jesus teacher, and that's because they were his disciples. And that was a common uh, thing back then to be a disciple of somebody. John the Baptist had his disciples and he would teach them uh, kind of like a school following them. Um, although it wasn't a large or nor organized school, it was kind of a, a on the fly, learn as you go. Um, as you live life together, then you learn life together. And so, and Jesus would transfer his life to them in his knowledge and his wisdom and his understanding and his viewpoint on things would then transfer to them and they would take on um, his characteristics. And so we see these three men in Mark chapter 1, we see it again. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 16. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew and the brother of Simon, Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you, I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat, mending the nets. And immediately he called them, 
And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. We can also go to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. It gives us another perspective on this exact same event, that Jesus chose having disciples, having people whom he was pouring his life into, not just teaching. This isn't just a class. Um, the discipleship that uh, Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John got was not uh, sitting down in the synagogue with Jesus on a Sunday or on a Wednesday or any other day of the week and listening to a lecture or potentially a video or um, some sort of teaching lesson with workbook and you know illustrations on the screen or on the whiteboard or even you know overhead projectors if you're into the uh, the historical ancient stuff. Um, this was life on life teaching. So they would follow Jesus wherever he went. And they even lodged together. They stayed at the same place overnight. They ate together. They, um, they went and bought bread together. They went and uh, as Jesus was teaching, the disciples were a part of that ministry. You think of the feeding of the 5,000 or the feeding of the 4,000. Their job was to go throughout the, the group, see what they had, bring it to Jesus, and then they had an opportunity to distribute it to everybody as Jesus was performing the miracle. Uh, later on, they're sent out as they're getting uh, more and more instruction. They've learned more. They're sent out by groups uh, out to, to heal people. They're sent out by groups to teach people and to cast out demons and all sorts of things. And we find, you know, from time to time, somebody coming to Jesus saying, hey, I've got this, this guy that's either sick or he's demon-possessed and your disciples couldn't do it. And Jesus is still having to teach more because they still needed things to learn. And so that is the model that we see Jesus modeling for us is that he is doing more of a life on life. This isn't a knock on a door and uh, give somebody a pamphlet or even share some with somebody down through point A, B, C, and D, and then ask for a decision or, or you know, do, do you want to trust Christ? Let's pray a prayer. Um, that's not the method that Jesus used. In fact, we never see Jesus asking for that, even throughout the discipleship. Uh, it becomes a natural reaction when Jesus says to the disciples, who do you see that, say that I am? And all of a sudden, Peter's like, I got it. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And so it's a life-on-life -life transfer. Now, why is it then that we tend to do the more knock on the door and, you know, I've got 20 minutes with somebody, half an hour, maybe even an hour, hour and a half, two hours, and sharing the gospel, trying to answer their questions. And that can be somewhat effective, but why is it that we do it that way versus the way Jesus said? And I think a lot of it comes down to 
priorities because you do the things you have a priority to do and you put um you put emphasis on things that are important to you and so it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of understanding to disciple people and i think a lot of people don't want to put in that time because their priorities are off they want to put in the time doing their hobbies or um doing the things that at home that they do or playing their games or or whatever it happens to be um not understanding that they can do those things and do discipleship life on life well let's move on a little bit um just to reiterate that it's more than just because of the example jesus made let's go to matthew chapter 28 the very last chapter of Matthew, and starting in verse 18, this is uh, as Jesus is preparing to go away from them. He's preparing for, uh, he's already resurrected, he's died, he's resurrected, he's, he's given them some further discussion and, and teaching, and he's getting ready to go back to heaven. And Jesus in verse nine, uh, 18 says, And Jesus came, and said to them, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now there are two things in this passage that show us that Jesus wants us to disciple just as he discipled. First of all, he says it plain out. He says, go therefore and make disciples. He doesn't say go and make converts. He doesn't say go and share your faith and then uh, hope they grow and, and put them into a class. Um, he says, go and make disciples. And the, the first century believers as they read this they knew exactly what a disciple was there were disciples all around them um, of any sort of teacher or any sort of wise person they had disciples uh, as we said john the baptist had his disciples as well and so jesus says at the end of this go you guys go and make disciples everywhere you go of all nations and you know baptize them so that people understand that they're they're following you, they're following me. And he gives them then instruction in verse 20 as to what is it that you need to disciple these people in? How is it you need to disciple? What's the important stuff to transfer from what they had learned in Jesus to the ones that they are discipling now? And the important stuff, he says in verse 20, is teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Well, thank God that we have that in the scriptures. We have it in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John directly for what Jesus has commanded them. But we also have the whole canon of scripture from Genesis through Revelation of the revelation that God has given to us to describe to us who he is and how he wants us to be and how he wants us to relate to others. And so that is what we are to teach people and show them by example, teach them by example um, how 
we are to live the life of a Christian. And uh, let's go to Mark chapter 16. He, he says the same thing in Mark chapter 16, the very last chapter of Mark. In verses 15 and 16, Jesus says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, and whoever does not believe will be condemned. And just because he says in this passage, proclaim the gospel, he's not saying don't make disciples. They understood this context. Remember, the historically, the... Um, the one behind Mark that gave him the account of what Jesus had done was the Apostle Peter. And he was the closest, uh, one of the two closest disciples to Jesus, John potentially being the one who was more close. And, um, and then we find this again in Luke 24. And um, we see not only the model of Jesus, but as we take a look throughout the whole New Testament, after Jesus gave this model, we would expect then, if we were to make disciples, to see this model then modeled again and again and again. And we see that throughout the early church. In fact, the Apostle Paul, when he would go from city to city to city, he was the first great missionary. When he would go from city to city to city, town to town to town, and share the gospel with people, he'd go into the synagogue where he found the people, he'd share with them about Christ, uh, he'd go to the city squares and share them about Christ, they'd go out into the places of prayer and share, them, share with them about Christ, and he would then disciple them, life on life discipleship. And they, he would stay in each one of those places as long as it was safe for him to stay there. And many times, it was years. He would stay in one spot. Sometimes we read through Acts and we think, oh, he traveled you know, around pretty rapidly. Not so. If you read it carefully, you'll find out that he stayed in one place for one, two years and poured his life into these people so that they would understand and have a good established base of disciples in those communities. So I want to encourage you that the discipleship model in the scriptures is the model that we have in the Bible for sharing our faith. That's the model Jesus wants us to use. That's the most difficult model. That's the most time-consuming model. That's the most effort-consuming model, but it is the model of Jesus because it is the model that's most effective, and it's the model that he has ordained um, in order to have people that aren't just walking around baby Christians um, because they've never grown. The whole idea is then when you have a disciple, they will grow because they will learn by association and by being around you. And so I would encourage you, you as we continue this discussion next week, uh, a more detail about discipleship that if you have never been discipled by somebody, whether formally or informally, I would encourage you to tag on to somebody. Grab a youth leader, grab a pastor, grab a, a, a older saint, uh, somebody in the faith that, that's older in the faith than you, and learn from them. Shadow them. See if they'll put that time into you. If you are a mature believer, then I would encourage you, 
take on these younger believers, take on these immature believers, and help them to mature in their faith. Help them to understand their need for discipleship and help them to live and learn more about the methods and the the commandments of Christ, as he said for us to do. Well, thank you for joining me, and we'll see you next week on Freedom Fridays. Thank you.